the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I'm John. So, so that new Doctor Strange movie's been out for over a week now, right? Doctor Strange. Oh, he's been in the Avengers a few times. So we can say spoilers. I don't care about spoilers. It's been too long. If you haven't seen it yet, you're... I don't really think I have anything to say about it that's spoilerific anyway. Doctor Strange dies? Yeah, I was surprised by that. I guess the next movie will be Doctor Voodoo. Well, what about the baby? When the baby grows up, I'm sure everything will be... Doctor Strange and the baby? (laughs) Like Lone Wolf and Cub? (laughs) That was the other trailer we saw. The Logan trailer. I was like, you saw a Lone Wolf and Cub trailer? (laughs) Yes, really. It was Logan. It was like Lone Wolf and Cub. I think they should do that. should have Doctor Strange pushing, I don't know, a reincarnated ancient one around in a baby carriage. The ancient one died? I didn't say that. Look, point is, I think a lone wolf and cub with Doctor Strange would be great. I thought I thought that um, the Green Tree Swordsman was going to show up in the movie. <laughs> I want to see him pushing him around, just pushing a tree around. And like, Gosh, that would be great. He should show up in the Guardians of the Galaxy as a friend of Groot. Like he knows Groot. Yeah, right. Speaks Groot's language. Yeah, he's like, Groot, Groot, Groot. <laughs> he got like an extended five-minute scene of... The Green Swordsman and Groot just talking to each other. There's a way there's an Avengers tie-in in Doctor Strange. There is an Avengers tie-in in Doctor Strange. Stay after the credits. Like, nobody knows that at this point in time. It's a Marvel movie. Of course you're going to stay after the credits. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, no question today? No, I don't have a question. I saw the movie. I left work early and went to the movies. Here's a question. Because it's been a long week. How did you like the movie? I liked the movie. That's my question to you. I also liked the movie. Great. Well, I can't say why I liked the movie without giving away the plot. But I liked the ending. I thought it was inventive. I liked the second scene. The, I like the after credits scene. Oh, the after, the second after. The second scene. after, the yeah, the, the final final sure, scene. Sure. I thought was it sets up. Uh, I think what should be a very interesting sequel. Sure. I don't know why Benjamin Bratt was in the movie. Right. What a weird place. I said that to somebody else. I'm like, they're filling their the roles, even the minor roles, because I think part of what makes Doctor Strange work is that Benedict Cumberbatch and Tilda Swinton are so good. Though everyone's good in the movie. Um, the Very gentleman good. who plays Mordo, whose name I can never pronounce. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yes, him. Also excellent. I don't even know who the guy is that's playing Wong, but he's good. Benedict Wong. Um, that's actually his name. appropriate. Yeah, right. And of course, Mads Mikkelsen, even though he's not really given that much to do. And Rachel McAdams, even. Oh yeah, I forgot she was in it. Point being, uh, I think the cast is really good, and they always pick good casts, even for nothing parts like Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, I'm not sure why. And Benjamin Bratt, I remember before the movie came out, and there were you know casting news with uh-huh. like Benjamin Bratt has like, who's he going to be? He's nobody really. He's just this guy. Yeah. All right, let's get this going. Oh, anyway, oh, that's what I was going to say about Benjamin Bratt. We stayed and watched the credits then, because you have to. And when the digital artist came up, they're up alphabetically, Benjamin Bratt was listed as a digital artist. I said, there's no way that that's the same Benjamin Bratt, but that's really weird that I would notice that. would be great if he would be. He's like, no, I don't like the way I looked in that one scene. Let me get in there. He's like, you only gave me two scenes? They're like, look, if you want to do something else, you can go help the digital artist. He's painting himself into the backgrounds. That's me in that crowd scene. When you when you pause it on when you frame advance on Blu-ray, you'll be able to see him in all these scenes. <laughs> oh, previously on the Avenging Hour, we once again tried and failed to get the motor running on the Corvax saga. First by wasting nearly an entire issue setting up subplots with Henry Peter Gyrick and Two Gun Kid, and then by tossing out yet another fill-in issue about some guy and his heart bomb. And now Episode 75. It's like our golden anniversary. No, wait, that's 100. It's our silver... No, wait, that's 50. What's 75? Platinum? Is it? Bronze? No, bronze is too cheap. Tin? Tin. (laughs) (laughs) Mercury? What are we doing today? Let's go through all the metal men. (laughs) We're doing two issues today, right? We're doing two issues today all about that crazy, wacky robot Ultron. Oh, right. I forgot this still isn't actually about the Corvax. No. Sure isn't. Alrighty then. Issue number 170 from April of 1978. This one is by Jim Shooter and George Perez again, and it is called 
Though hell should bar the way. Is that a reference to something? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It's been a while since we've had a title quote, but that's from the poem The Highwaymen by Alfred Noyes. Born 1880, died in 1958. He was British. This was his most famous poem, published in 1906. It's a very long narrative poem, the story of a robber and his lady love. And he says this to her when he tells her that he'll return to her no matter what. Though hell, I will return to you, though hell should bar the way. Huh. It's kind of like in The Last of the Mohicans, when the last of the Mohicans, <laughs> who's not the last, he's like the penultimate Mohican or something at that point in time. Oh, wait, he's never the last of the Mohicans, is he? <laughs> not a very interesting title, though. Because he's not the Mohican. <laughs> not the last of the Mohicans. Exactly. So when the friend of the last of the Mohicans, <laughs> I forgot where I was going. So anyway, he says to his lady love, he says, I will find you. And I will kill you. Oh, wait, that's taken. So it's kind of like, though, how should, by the way, I will right. find you. Well, at least this one is appropriate to the story. Yes, it is. So it's not like Roy Thomas ran into the office, ripped a page out of some poetry book, and threw it on the table. As he used to do for his own scripts. <laughs> yeah. So, Captain America doesn't like to be interrupted when he's exercising. He's got a lot on his mind. And wisecracks from the Beast are not on the agenda. So he tells Beast to get lost. Then Iron Man shows up and the two heroes whine at each other until some sort of mutual apology is reached. End first interlude. Vision and Wonder Man are playing chess. As Jarvis serves tea, Wanda realizes how bored she is from watching and decides to answer the phone. Hey everybody, it's Hawkeye. How have you been, buddy? We've missed you. Why don't you ever call? Shut up, Wanda. Two-Gun Kid has vanished and I'm the only one who cares, so I'm going to make a big deal out of it. End second interlude. Meanwhile, on the dark side of the moon, Quicksilver stares out the window at literally nothing. His wife comes to his side to ask what's wrong. Midway through his sappy explanation, he disappears. End third interlude. I swear, something is going to happen eventually. <laughs> oh, wait, here we go. Wasp and Yellow Jacket are back. Wasp got tired of having the creepy Jocasta robot leaning in the corner of their bedroom, so why not have it delivered to the mansion for further study? I'm sure that will work out fine. End interlude the fourth. Cut to a dark neighborhood street. Some kids playing ball. One of them is young Vance Astrovic. A weird dude with a bag of groceries watches them from under a street lamp. Suddenly, a delivery truck screams towards them. Its brakes perhaps giving out. The weird dude drops his groceries and pulls the truck to a stop from behind with his bare hands. It's a miracle. No, it's just Charlie 27 from the Guardians of the Galaxy secretly protecting the boy. End interlude, uh, five. Five, we're at five. Seriously, does this storyline ever actually happen, or is it just a 12-issue tease? Oh, wait, here we go again. This might be something. It seems that Jocasta has been reactivated. Ultron is calling to her. The team tries to stop her from escaping, but she will not be denied. She short-circuits Vision, crunches Yellow Jacket, zaps Beast in the face, zaps Wonder Man in the chest, ignores Wasp, and breaks free from a tree that Wanda hexed on her. Before our heroes can recover and mount a second assault, Cap and Iron Man swoop in and call them off. Here's an idea. Why don't we just let her escape and she can lead us to Ultron? To be continued. There was no Korvac saga in there. Um, I mean, the Guardians thing. Yeah. I don't want to be... This is, a, this is a technical point, but can you have an interlude <laughs> without actually having story around it? Well, see, at first it just seemed like an interlude, and then it just kept happening. Our roll call here, uh, our team is Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Yellow Jacket, Wasp, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Beast, and Wonder Man. We see the Guardians of the Galaxy with young Vance Astrovic. Quicksilver and his wife Crystal, and of course Hawkeye. Uh, two delivery men named Mac and Meyer make an appearance. Jarvis serves some tea, and our villain, I guess, is Jocasta, and by extension, an unseen Ultron. I feel like my entire write-up was the notes, because yeah. each little scene is... Yeah. So, in the credits this issue, we see that 
James James Shooter is again a colorist, and that George Perez is now listed as a co-plotter. Probably because there's so much plot, I guess? I mean, nothing's really happening, so I guess it's still kind of a plot, though. You need an extra hand, is what I'm saying. Wasn't he doing enough when he was just drawing all the characters, now he has to write them, too? Uh, we see on the first page, Beast making a, another pop culture reference of Johnny Olsen, uh, as that eminent philosopher Johnny Olsen might say, Captain America... Come on down. Do they still do that on the Price is Right? Johnny Olsen is long dead. It's uh, George Gray, I believe is his name. Yeah, unfortunately, Johnny Olsen has left us. But yeah, that's a a Price is Right reference there. I really like the Captain America and the Beast conversation. I thought it was, you know, because the Beast is basically like, Captain America is like, I gotta exercise because I kind of suck. And the Beast is like, oh, Cap, I suck too. (laughs) I thought it was kind of, you know, they they, they bond there (laughs) for a moment. Nobody likes me either. And I also like the fact that apparently, we, we talked about it in the annual, how the Beast was telling Captain America about his sex life. Apparently, that's what the Beast does, is tell Captain America about his sex life, because he starts to do it here as well. Again, you wouldn't think that's who you would go to with your tawdry tales, but... When Captain America talks to Iron Man, Iron Man almost reveals his secret identity to him. Yeah. And Captain America says, no. And it's interesting because Iron Man starts to say, but about Stark, Cap... I should have told you long ago that... And he says, no, keep your secrets, Iron Man. And I'm wondering... What did he think he was going to tell him? Does he think Tony Stark and Iron Man are lovers? That's my <laughs> guess. He's like, I don't really need to know. That's not important yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. It's, you know... I got enough with Beast. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I don't need that. It was just... It was a little weird. So we, we talked about Wonder Man having... Isn't it strange to you that everybody knows who everybody is except Iron Man? Yeah, it is a little weird. He's the only one on the team at the moment that has a secret. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess Thor, Thor but Thor never uses it, really. No. Although we're going to see it again soon. Yes, unfortunately. Wonder Man apparently doesn't... We talked about Wonder Man having a new costume, but I guess that's not a costume. No, it's just his clothes. So he wears the same clothes every day? Well, or he just wears that jacket over his clothes. <laughs> but it's the same... Uh, it's the same... Tormek, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we've seen him twice, though, in that... He was in a different outfit when he was with Thor in the diner last week. True. And I think we see him again in like that same kind of outfit, like a blue shirt. And So basically when he's going to go into battle, his idea is, I better put my jacket on. <laughs> and my turtleneck. And my turtleneck. <laughs> Gotta protect my neck. I just imagine him like a turtle. Car- <laughs> I don't know. I imagine him like a cartoon character where if you looked in his closet, it's just, it's just a row of jackets and yeah. turtlenecks and he's just like, oh. The movers, you mentioned them, Meyer and Mac. I really like them. I think they should become supporting cast members for the comic. They're kind of funny. I looked up that website that I always go to for to, you know, help me remember who people are and they actually have last names and but then you click on it and it says they only have one appearance and I'm thinking who gave them a last name if that's the only time we've ever seen them? But I also found out today, completely off topic, you know the uh, the electronic chessboard in on the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars that Chewbacca plays? Uh-huh. Did you know that each one of those creatures has a name? Last name? No, just a name. No. And like backstory and all, yeah. People are weird. What are, what are you on the what's everybody's name.com? What are you, the obsc- <laughs> obscure, obscure nomenclatures.org? Yes, strange corners of the world uh, fascinate me. So, Charlie 27 saves Vance Astro from this truck. Unfortunately. From the Paris wrestling equipment truck. It's going to run him down. And then he leaves. And all the Guardians are back at their headquarters. So, nobody's <laughs> guarding Vance now? In the house that they rent down the street. Yeah, because Charlie Charlie 27's like, well, welp, he went inside. I guess I'm done. Because Corvac has a problem with doors? He's a vampire? I guess they can't actually peek in the windows while he's in the house. That would be oh, really I creepy. Oh, they could. 
And I'm, I'm sure they probably do. Also, we, you asked last episode if Starhawk can dress in civvies. Yeah. And he can. There he is. Still has the same eye makeup on them. I thought that was Korvac at first. I was confused. I just... You would think that they have... There's, I don't know, seven Guardians of the Galaxy. One of them could stand across the street from the house. Are they all in the house? Do we see them all there? Yeah, there's Martin X, Nikki, Yondu, Charlie 27, Starhawk. That leaves the the Elder Astro who can't come to Earth. Oh, right, he's up in orbit, yeah. So it's it seems kind of like I'm not sure that they're very good at their maybe, jobs. Maybe they planted Groot out front of the house. This is technically the first appearance of Marvel Boy, Me Justice, <laughs> who will become the um, who will be. But we're going to talk about him when he's a little bit older. So Jocasta, uh, Jocasta is uh, whipping through the Avengers ranks, and the Avengers are fighting her. And well, actually, at first she's not whipping through them; she's just walking. She's ignoring them. She's ignoring them. And the Vision is really violent against her. He really goes for her full strength. And he says, I do not hesitate to destroy an unliving tool of Ultron. He, he's upset because she's speaking with Janet's voice. and But he's not deceived. She's really evil. And I'm like, Vision, this was you a hundred issues ago. Yeah, yeah. Of all the characters in the Avengers, you should be the one most willing to cut her slack. Well, I think that's why he likes her not at all. Because he knows what he was. Uh, she reminds him of him. He knows that he was created to be evil originally, and he fought against it, so now he wants to make sure that nothing else comes out of Ultron. I also, I, I wanted to mention one more thing. I like the fact that even in comics, when Charlie 27 goes to the grocery store, he remembers to get a loaf of French bread. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have a bag of groceries without a loaf of French bread sticking out the top of it. How would you know it was a bag of groceries if there wasn't bread sticking out of it? It could be anything. I got nothing else. <laughs> really? I don't. You? No. Stan Soapbox? Stan Soapbox announces the release of How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. That's about it. Anything else in the bullpen bulletins? Nothing that had anything to do with the Avengers. I do want to mention, they they say that when uh, they hire someone to play one of their characters, to portray them in real life, they have that person come to the bullpen to make sure that the outfit looks right. I don't think they probably do that anymore. It's still an idea that even though in the 70s Marvel's growing, there's still a relatively small company. Because I'm pretty sure nowadays they don't send people to the bullpen to make sure their costumes look right. No, they don't even have a bullpen anymore, do they? Well, no, they don't. I would assume that they just say, does the costume look right? And they'll be like, I don't know. Did you look it up on Google? There's probably six billion pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> you figure uh, it out. Any letters you thought were interesting? Peter Sanderson is back. Yes. And he's finally noticed what we've been talking about since day one. The Avengers never seem to win. Villains are defeated by coincidence or luck or because they got bored and left. It's true. My, my note was, Dear Peter, duh. <laughs> Took you long enough. I can't remember the last time we actually saw them defeat a villain and had them like carted off by the cops or S.H.I.E.L.D. or anybody. Yeah, it's true. Uh, John Rice of Tucson, Arizona says the Wasp and Yellow Jacket shouldn't be taken out at the beginning of every single fight. And I agree. They shouldn't be there at all. Uh, there's a statement of ownership on the letters page as well. Just for the record, the average monthly sales of the Avengers for the last year was 173,654 copies on issue. That seems low. It's definitely shrinking. So that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, MVP. Wonder Man. I think he's trying really hard here. And if the other Avengers would just get out of his way, he could, you know, do something. I gave it to Captain America. Because he uh, finally realized that Iron Man is the leader, and he also deflected Thor's hammer from hitting Jocasta. What about your useless character? Beast. He annoyed Captain America, and then he got zapped in the face. I picked Vision, uh, who I think gets taken out of this fight really quickly. I get that you want to destroy Jocasta for whatever reason, jealousy or whatever. But uh, he attacks her like an idiot, and like that, he's done. You know, we've noticed over a, a few issues, like the fight with Captain Faria and, and Graviton, maybe, 
that when they try to attack these things individually, they always get beat. So I don't understand why they don't just go, hey, let's just blast this thing with everything we got until it falls down. Hey, remember when we used to be a team? <laughs> Avengers level threat? I don't know. I don't think so. Jocasta, I don't really think, is an Avengers level threat. And she's the only one we're dealing with here. Because she doesn't seem to... I mean, she might be powerful, but she doesn't seem to have the same evil intent as Ultron, so... And I don't think she has his adamantium skin, does she? She's not I, a, I don't think she's as tough as he is. I, I don't know. I don't think she is. Final grade? I gave it a C+. There's a... <laughs> Clearly, there's a lot of plates spinning here, but there's still no real payoff to the story. Well, it's set up. I hated it. I gave it an A minus. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I, I gave it a B minus. It is. It's more setup. Yeah. It's like an entire issue again of setup, and this is setup that really doesn't even have that much to do with Gorbak. Right. It's not actively bad, and I'm also not thrilled with some of the characterizations here. I thought Captain America was a little off. Well, he has been. So you yeah, kind of keep it going. I guess. I guess. So that was easy. We've got one more issue. Here we are. It's Avengers number 171 from May of 1978. It is called Where Angels Fear to Tread. And it is by Jim Shooter and George Perez. For the record, the title <laughs> Where Angels Fear to Tread? Yeah. It's from a 1711 poem, a poem written in 1711 by Alexander Pope called An Essay on Criticism. And of course, the full line is Fools Rush In Where Angels Fear to Tread. I feel like that's been quoted in other movies and such. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's a relatively well known quote, I, I think. The Avengers are rushing through the streets, trying their darndest to make their way through the crowds and keep up with Jocasta. It seems that while Iron Man was smart enough to plan to trail her back to Ultron, he wasn't smart enough to figure out how the team would do that. The team gets a chance to have some character-defining moments, and the Scarlet Witch gets told she has big boobs, but most importantly... <laughs> They continue their pursuit. Meanwhile, the saleswoman who was just hitting on Wanda goes back into the store to hit on our old friend Carol Danvers, friend to Marvell of the Cree. It appears Ms. Danvers has received some superpowers since we last saw her, and one of those powers is precognition. She flashes on the Avengers fighting Ultron and decides to fly over to them and offer her help, which they grudgingly accept. When Yellow Jacket and the Wasp show up minutes later with a flying machine to make all of this robot chasing easier, the Avengers are once again mobile. They soon track Jocasta <laughs> They soon track Jocasta down to a convent. They're led into the convent by a nun, but they sense they're being watched, and they're right. Ultron knows that Wanda is a danger to him, since she beat him last time he fought the team, so he creates a bright light, and when everyone can see again, the Scarlet Witch is gone. Dun dun dun. Before the team can start to search for her, the Wasp and Yellowjacket find a secret door, leading the team to Ultron himself. Dun dun dun. To again. be continued. Oh, wait. <laughs> Ultron and Hank Pym do a little bit of, I hate you, well, I hate you more, and then the fight is on. Ms. Marvel decides the best thing she can do is locate Wanda, so she splits, while the Avengers battle their adamantine adversary. So where is the Scarlet Witch? She's in some crazy mirror trap. No, wait, now she's in a crazy water trap. She's soon found by Ms. Marvel, who rescues her from a robotic nun and brings her out to join the fight against Ultron. Wanda hexes the bejeebus out of him so Thor can suck at all of his energy with his hammer, and all is well. Except that Thor and Captain America just disappeared, much like Two-Gun Kid and Quicksilver did last issue. Uh-oh. To be continued. Our roll call this issue is Iron Man, Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Beast, Thor, Wonder Man, Vision, Yellow Jacket, and Wasp. It's a big team. We also see Jocasta and Ms. Marvel, and our villain is Ultron. Like you said in your write-up there, I don't understand 
At the end of the last issue, they were standing right next to Jocasta, and now they've lost her. And where did this huge crowd of pedestrians come from? Is it like New Year's Eve in Times Square? <laughs> There's a lot of people in the way. And they're just in like in the, not even on the sidewalk. These people are just wandering around in the streets. Yeah, either that is the biggest sidewalk I've ever seen in New York, or they are running down the street with the people. I, I don't I don't understand. Jocasta wasn't running. It's not like she was sprinting away from people. She was just casually strolling away through the mansion. I'm really concerned about the number of furries that inhabit the Marvel Universe. <laughs> that was my next note. Beast oh, is Im- immediately surrounded by horny women again. It's a concern for me. It's I mean, I people... strange. I, I believe everyone should, you know, enjoy the kind of sex that they enjoy, but... And I guess in the Marvel Universe, you can be a furry because you've got the Beast and I guess you've got Nightcrawler. Yeah, he's around at this point, isn't he? You've actually got furry, you and know... soon we'll have Tigra. Yeah, so unlike in our universe, to the best of my knowledge, where there aren't beast men running around, <laughs> in the Marvel universe, you're good to go. If you're in the man thing, that's kind of a creature. Right? <laughs> oh, 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 yuck. <laughs> Not furry on purpose. <laughs> what is that, muddies? <laughs> is that like mold? <laughs> Planties? I don't know. Oh, I do want to mention, and we'll talk about this more at the end, won't we? <clears throat> no, we'll talk about it next issue more, but according to the letters, according to the... Credits. Credits, Jim Shooter is now the editor. I think that's talked about more next issue, and we'll... Yeah, I it, think that comes up next episode. So, we won't we won't touch on it much now. I mean, we talked about it before that he was going to become the editor-in-chief, so... But, I do want to mention, though, when we get to the bullpen bulletins, he's still listed as, as assistant editor. So, obviously, Marvel's not quite got their stuff well, together. Well, no, maybe he was just... Maybe he was Maybe just the, um, this book? the title editor in. Maybe. Is Wanda particularly large-chested? And I've just never noticed it. I don't think so. What is with this weird department store interlude, anyway? I don't know. Are, like, we're supposed to know who these people are or care about Miss Pike and whoever the other person is? And Um, Mrs. Pike. Oh, I'm sorry. I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> you dashed my dreams, John. <laughs> I don't understand what's with this model search and this woman's going to lose her job and this other woman wants her to get fired. What does that have to do with anything? Oh, my goodness. Do you know who these people are? No, yeah. I don't think Mrs. Pike... Well, you tell me. Who are Mrs. Pike and Blanche? I'm sure you found them on your website. I didn't look it up. I bet you they're there. <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm going to look as soon as we have a chance. Mrs. Pike already has a last name. She just needs a first name and... Poor Blanche, the assistant. Oh, she's gunning for her job. Oh, apparently. I don't even know. What, what department store are they at? Did it say? No, I don't think so. I don't understand this plot line. So Seriously, do you know what happens? Does this come back up? I, I don't think so. I know reading ahead. Oh, no, it's right there. They have Carol Danvers in there. <laughs> what is this person's obsession with trying to find a model? So, we should talk about Carol Danvers, because this is the first time we've seen her. The last time we saw Carol Danvers was during the Kree-Skrull War, yeah. and she was just Carol Danvers. And she was working at... Um, she was a colonel, right? Colonel? She, she was working as security chief for a um, for a military installation. For like, it wasn't, it was, what's it called? Cape Coral or something? That wasn't Hatters? Cape Canaveral. No, it was, that's in North Carolina. It wasn't Cape Canaveral, but it was like the Marvel version of Cape Canaveral. Cape Com- Commando? Stop it. It was an Air Force thing, right? I thought it was Cape Coral. I thought it was Cape Coral. No. Anyway, why does Miss P- Mrs. Pike think that Carol Danvers has a well-shaped, firm figure? <laughs> That's a weird know. thing to say I'm to someone. I'm so worried about Mrs. Pike. Uh, it just, I mean, you know, again, if Mrs. Pike likes women, more power to her. But I, I, I worry that this isn't professional. I'm worried this doesn't have anything to do with our plot, and now I want to know. Anyway, but we should talk about Carol Danvers. So the last time we saw her, she was just a normal 
Air Force uh, officer. She was a security chief at like an Air Force base, space, space thing. Yeah, well, she was an actual Air Force officer, and and now she writes for Woman Magazine, which is apparently owned by J. Jonah Jameson. Well, see, what happened was, so she was friends with Captain Marvel back then, and while she was working with him at some point in time, she was caught in an explosion of a Kree device, and that gave her superhuman powers. <laughs> she has superhuman strength, some limited invulnerability. She can fly. She has what's basically like a spider sense. She has a danger sense. Yeah, she says something about being an And um, she has some precognitive flashes, obviously. She also is immune to poison, which doesn't come up this issue, but there you go, just so you know. And she starts calling herself Ms. Marvel. She was Marvel's attempt in the 1970s to kind of have more of a feminist superhero. It was a big deal back then to use the, the, the title Ms. And that's why she left the Air Force to become a writer for a women's magazine. We'll see a lot more of... We, we get a sense already in this issue. I, I Of course, we like Carol Danvers. We should all like her. She's going to have a Marvel movie coming out in a couple of years. She's probably Marvel's... I'm going to say she's Marvel's premier superheroine. She wasn't for a while, but I think she certainly is now. Yeah, I guess. Although I they've... Well, they made her Captain Marvel, and now we have Ms. Marvel. Yes. Which is a completely different character at this point. Yes. Yeah. But I still and think she's... They're trying to kill off She-Hulk, so... I think she's Marvel's premier superheroine. Wouldn't you say? I would guess, yeah. Yeah. She seems the most likely superhero. Which is interesting. We're going to see her in the Avengers a lot, on and off, for the next, well, forever. She'll have long periods where she won't be in the title, but she'll have long periods where she is, and she goes through a, a ton of changes in the next two decades, which I'm guessing will not be in the Captain Marvel movie that they are doing. That would make it very long if they tried to put all that in there. Yeah, it would. Her time is binary and warbird and... But we do get a chance to see her as a... We do get an idea of her military training. When Yellow Jack and the Wasps fly towards them in their flying machine, she is like, you know, Wonder Man's like, it's an attack! And she's like, no, no, no. Uh, the approach is wrong for it to be hostile. No one would attack from that angle. They would do it like this. You know, I, I thought that was kind of cool. The idea that she's definitely... It's kind of Captain America-ish. Yeah. I don't... Wasp looks completely... She looks like she's pouting. To she's be like sitting in the back of that flying bathtub. And I love that the wasp goes up to Captain Marvel and she's like, it's nice to have another girl in the group. And she's like, oh, not Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel. And Ms. Marvel's like, yeah, I, I quit being a girl quite a while back. You know, I, I, we, I think we've definitely come to realize that of the Avengers females, the wasp is far and away the one most stuck in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Well, because she's been treated like that her entire life. Yes. When they go into the convent, I thought that Thor and Scarlet Witch had a nice little back and forth. Yeah, I found it interesting that Thor doesn't feel comfortable being in a Christian convent because they're still stuck with the whole he's actually a Norse god rather than, you know, in the Marvel movie universe where he just comes from a different planet. Yeah, well, and I, I kind of like him better as an actual, you know... Uh, it's weird. It's harder to wrap your head around that he's an actual Norse god. Well, you know, Marvel's always been, you know, they're gods, you know, him and Hercules and the others. They are just really powerful creatures. They're not, you know... They always say they're themselves. immortal and then they ended up, and then they end up dying. Like, Hercules gets killed at some point. They all die. My last note was, hey, Ultron is dead again. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I'm a little confused by Ultron's plan. When he sticks Wanda in this in these traps, first he puts her in a mirror trap for about 15 seconds. And then he dumps her in a water trap. And I'm like, why don't you just kill her? Why put her in a trap? I don't know. It makes no sense why he wouldn't just snuff her out. And I know that this Did is... he just take her away because she was the only one that could defeat him yes. technically? Yes, yes. Does a... he say that or does he just make her... Um, I don't I... remember him actually mentioning it and it didn't occur to me until she finally came back and zapped him. When does she... Do... She just disappears. I don't even know how he did that. Yeah, I don't know how he made that bright light. Does he ever say that's why he gets rid of her? I mean, it seems pretty obvious that's why he gets rid of her, but I'm not sure if he ever actually says it. I don't have any other notes. You? I do not. Oh, uh, I did want to point out, you know, and I, and I kind of said this before, 
But is Gyrick right about the Avengers being overstaffed, as he puts it? This issue, there are nine members on the team this issue, and if you count Ms. Marvel, there are ten. Wait till next week, it gets worse. So, you know, is is this maybe a good time for him to, you know... Though at the same time, and we'll talk about this more, because Henry Peter Gyrick's eventually going to come in and try and pare the team down yeah, to a smaller number. That's like the next storyline with three or four episodes from now. And But the question is, is this too many? Because they're not really getting in each other's way. They seem actually to be working pretty well as a unit, this issue. Like I said, it gets worse. Yes, it does. We start to see more people. And I'm assuming that that's why Shooter's doing it. He's like, every issue he's adding another one or two people to the right. group. So eventually you're like, whoa, 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 this is way too many people. I got nothing else. Stan Soapbox is about how Stan Soapbox used to be interesting and not just a sales gimmick. <laughs> pretty much it. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. That, you know, Stan used to actually talk about things in his soapbox... You know, crazy as they might be, or pointless as they might be, social issues, and, and now he's used it for years now, just as basically a um, uh, another a selling platform. And apparently, he was at a college talking, and one of the college professors came up to him and said, "I miss your old soap boxes." So Stanley makes us a promise this issue that his soap boxes will no longer be just a huckster. I'm going to sell you some snake oil. They'll start being real. Yep. We'll see how well that works. Sure. Uh, I, I got no other bullets. And I had no other letters. Do you have any letters? Uh, I, there's mostly praise for the end of the Nefaria storyline. Uh, Dean LaCrone of Arlington, Nebraska doesn't think Wizzer is Wanda's father, mostly because Quicksilver mentioned marionettes and that guy with the beard at the end of issue 166 appeared to have some marionettes. There you go. <laughs> Good thinking, buddy. That's it? That's all I... Yeah. MVP? Maybe people Scarlet Witch. Me too! Woohoo! Yeah, it kind of has to be. She gets to beat Ultron again and she has big boobs. Evidently. Uh, useless character? Beast. What good is he in a fight against Ultron? Well, you know, I, I, I feel like no one's completely left behind this issue. They try to give them all something to do. I picked Wasp, mostly because she uh, used that did that girl's crack. I thought that was out of, out of line. Out of line, Wasp. Final grade? No. You know, Avengers level threat? Yes. Yes. Final grade? B. No explanation. I give it an A-. minus. I think it's a good finale to this storyline. I think it's got good characterization. <laughs> storyline? This, my, this thing that took place in like an issue and a half? Well, okay, so here's my problem. Uh, I like everything about it except for the fact that it has nothing to do with the Corvax saga. Nope. Which is what we're supposed to be in the middle of. You know what? I bet... I mean, how could things get worse? Oh, uh, while you were talking and I was pretending to pay attention, I looked up the thing about Mrs. Pike and Blanche. What about them? Nothing to do with anything. Never show up again. That's what we like to call fleshing out the world. Why did they go to so much trouble creating a... To show this Mrs. Pike woman trying to find a model for the department store and then even putting in the part where Blanche was obviously gunning for her position and then they're never ever mentioned again. Because what a waste of time. We are fleshing out the world here. Was that just Jim Shooter's way of going, hey, these women were drawn. They got nice boobs, don't they? I think it was. I think George <laughs> Perez was like, I want to increase their boob size. And she was like, I guess I need to lay the groundwork for that. <laughs> On our next episode... Hey, you want some more Korvac Saga? Well, that's just too bad. We have more important things to do, like welcome Hawkeye back to the team, watch everyone get stripped of their government privileges, and try to figure out who keeps kidnapping superheroes. Storylines be damned. At least it had. The next the next, next episode, those issues are at least tangentially related to the Korvac Saga. We do see Korvac once or twice. Yeah, so closer than these two issues. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Avenging Hour. We have a Facebook page and our email address is mail at AvengingHour.com. True. All right, then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.